Hello and welcome to series three, episode nine. Quite hard to believe we're already on episode nine, and um, we're actually now into 1987. This is Dad Educates Daughter. I'm Russell, and hopefully Rebecca's here as well. Hello. Hello, Dad. I am here, full swing, ready for another week. Good. So, on this week, you had, just to remind everyone, to Pow, mm-hmm. All About Eve, Hue and Cry, The Sisters of Mercy, The Firm, and Yellow. I did indeed. How did you find it? How many number ones? Well, I've gone for no number ones this week. I don't think anyone was up there. This week, I will tell you, obviously we do say about whether I think it's a hit or a miss, but it's a very hit and miss week. And you'll get, you'll find that out later. But yeah, um, I thought we were done with rock. Like every time there's a rock, I'm like, again, really? There's definitely some rock in here this week and it was a bit sad. Uh, quite liked the beginning of the week. There was like a nice bit of women in full force. That was nice because you don't get many girl bands or girls within bands um and you can definitely tell that these bands go into the 90s with the way that they look um so yeah it, it i'm not saying it was a bad week it was just a very hit and miss week okay well regarding the number ones yeah you had two two you had two, two. <laughs> so there we go Where are they number ones don't know where they're becoming from then. Ah, we will find out. So are you ready to talk music? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, let's start with Tapau. And yeah. um, obviously you've already mentioned about ladies, women. Yep. So obviously Tapau's one. So did you, uh, what's your view of Tapau? So I think these are soft rock, so it weren't that bad. And I think there's a bit of soul in there as well. They're a group of five, with the lead vocalist being a woman, and she's got very strong vocals. They like a meaningful song. They sing it with passion. There's a, I don't know, there's just a lot coming from them. Um, And they also like a love song, very lovey. With the videos... There was a lot of overlapping, like they like a bit of graphic and playing around with videos, but they do also keep it simple. Um, women as a perm, which you don't, I've not seen very often. Men have that, you know, like that rock star mullet type of shaggy look. Yeah. Um, they look quite rock, but their songs don't come off as rock as they look, if that makes sense. There's a lot of focus on the woman in the videos, which is why I'm like, she's definitely the lead vocalist. Like, she's, you know, the one bringing it all in. The other's just there to do the music part of it. And they just don't seem to age. So whether they just didn't go for, like, they weren't about for very long, or they just, their, you know, skin routine was amazing. They didn't age. So to Pow were Carol Decker on vocals. Ronnie Rogers on the rhythm guitar, Tim Burgess on drums, Michael Chetwood on keyboards, Paul Jackson on bass, and Dean Howard on lead guitar. They were formed in 1986, so quite a a late former for what we've um, 
been discussing up to now, really. Uh, they're from Shrewsbury. And they're a pop rock band. Pop rock. Okay. No soul. No soul. thought it was quite soulful. Yeah. Maybe that was just her voice. Uh, so the band were formed in 1986. They took their name from a Vulcan elder of the same name in the sci-fi series Star Trek. Oh. So someone in Star Trek was called T'Pau. I mean, I never watched it. So, um, yeah, I'm not very familiar with Star, Star Trek. Wars, but not Star Trek. Uh, like, prior to taking this name, they were called Talking America. And on early demos, which were sent to record and publishing companies. So on those early demos, they were known as Talk in America rather than to Pound. But they're a British group, did you say? Yeah, from Shrewsbury. Hmm. Wonder why they chose Talk in America if they're British. Yeah. So funny enough, the album Heart and Soul was released in 1987. And after flopping in the uk it became a hit in the us reaching number four in the uh billboard hot 100 and then after appearing on a pepe jeans advert it then repeated the feat in the uk some months later so it was initially a flop was a hit in the us and then became a hit in the uk on the back of an american advert for pepe jeans that's a weird way round. You don't usually no. hear of people hitting it in the U- US before over here, especially if they're British anyway. Yeah. Mm. So it also gave Tapau their first number one when topping the charts in Canada. Oh, okay. Thought you were going to say in England then. I was like, oh. Yeah. No, oh. I just said same feat in the UK as America. Okay. So after their second single, Intimate Strangers, failed to chart in any country, it was then their third single, which really gave Tapau international success, reaching number one in Belgium, Ireland, Netherlands, Norway, and Switzerland, while reaching number two in Germany and number five in both Austria and Sweden although it failed to chart in the US. So their least known single, Heart and Soul, was a hit, or well, well, yeah, a hit in number number four, because number four Mm. was number four in the US. However, their um, third album, third single, uh, China in Your Hand, um, didn't, didn't, didn't succeed in America. However, it got to number one in quite a few European countries. Yeah, so that's a bit that is, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. You don't know if you're coming or going with these at a minute then. So in 1991, the band disbanded. However, in 1998, Carol Decker reformed the band with a different lineup. Although, and then... Rodney Rogers rejoined the band again in 2007. Right, okay. So, so I mean, I have seen them. They do the um, 80s like the rewind. rewind, let's rock sort of uh, um, festivals. Okay. But they haven't yeah. done anything, as far as I'm aware, or at least nothing has um, charted like you know, in anything. anything no, no, not or certainly not this charted anyway that I could right. find. 
So the music that I've got, yeah, is that for right up until they broke up in ninety one? Yes, yes. There's no music since. So in twenty fifteen, they did release their fifth studio album, Pleasure and Pain, but it's um, it wasn't a it, it didn't obviously come in. It was probably by that time. I suppose like any group from the eighties, it's just their hardcore fans now that still buy. Yeah, yeah. So they've had three top ten singles in the UK, and they've also had three top ten albums. And they were 1987's Bridge of Spies, and that got to number one in the album chart. Wow. 1988's Rage, and that got to number four in the album chart. And 1991 The Promise got to number 10 in the album chart. Um, so, yeah, I have Bridge of Spies, which was a number one album um, right. chart. And, um, yeah, I yeah I like Topal. And um, they're one of those groups that um, are easy to listen to, not offensive. It's, yeah, mm. uh, I mean, I wouldn't say they've got a great, probably hardcore following, um, personally. I mean, I don't know many people that go, I'm a Topal you know, yeah, they're not one that's up. But I think they're one of these that everyone would easily listen to. Um, yeah. I suppose they fit in with like Fairground Attraction, Deacon Blue. Well, Deacon Blue's got quite a big following. Um, Blow the Blow Monkeys, uh, Hue and Cry, who you've got later. You know, that's that sort of middle of the road stuff, I suppose. They're enjoyable if, yeah. Easy yeah. listening, enjoyable, yeah. not offensive, just, yeah. They're just there. Yeah. Just swaying along. So let's see how their single's done. Now, you had a, you had a few of theirs. I mean, nothing like we've had in the past. But Definitely as not. far as today, as far as this week's went, they're, they're one of the most, if not the most, I think. Yeah. Um, no, I think all about you is the most. Uh, so 1987, Heart and Soul. As I've already said, it um, equaled defeat of America, the US, and got to number four in the UK. Okay. Well, it, was a, got, it added a beat, uh, slow paced. A bit, they had overlapping vocals. And at first, when I listened to this, I thought there might be more than one vocalist, but there's not. So they just had to play around with overlapping and editing. Okay. 1987, China in your hand. Got to number one in quite a few European countries. Did it get to number one in the UK? Did you think it was a number one hit? Well, I didn't think I had any number one. No, no. <laughs> well, China in Your Hand was one of the ones that got to the top ten, along with Heart and Soul. So it is one of the three songs that got in the top ten. Yeah. China in Your Hand was also in the top five, again, like Heart and Soul. Yeah. China in Your Hand for five weeks was the number one in the uk wow well this one's catchy i feel like i've recognized it a bit and i don't know whether that's because i listened to it a couple of times while i like in during the week or whether i recognized it before but no it's a good one weren't my favorite though mm. i'll take it as a number one that's a good one to have yeah so do you think they've got another number one Nah, surely not. Well, you said it weren't your favourite. No, well, I wonder if 1988's Valentine was your favourite. No, it weren't. Because that 
also was in the top 10. Right. Valentine charted in the UK number nine. Oh. Well, that one was more upbeat and it was meaningful. That was the first one that I was really like, this is a love song. They like it. Okay. Uh, 1988 Sex Talk, which was a live track um, when it was released, got to number 23. Okay. This one's got harsher tones in the instruments, and this is where I was like, yeah, they've definitely got rock in there. I'm not 100% sure what they're singing. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Not that impressive. Not with that one. Which is probably why it didn't do as well as the mm. three previous single well yeah. i'll say it's three we change. know that then their second single didn't even chart um intimate strangers but the other yeah. three out of the next four all charted so i mean then yeah. sex talk obviously didn't as much didn't get in the top 20. no uh sticking in 1988 i will be with you number 14. you didn't give me that one. Oh, i should have I'm sorry, I apologise. <laughs> for you to listen to, I'm sure you'll love it. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, I apologise if I missed that one out. 1988, I hope you listened to this one, Secret Garden. I did. Yes, that got to number 18. Okay, that one was upbeat and fun. And the video to that one was one that actually linked directly to what the song was about. They were literally in a garden, but they were doing a maze. And yeah, I quite liked the video. Okay. Uh, Nineteen eighty-eight. Still, Road to Our Dream, number forty-two. So just outside the charts, but I gave you it. So you've actually listened to that one over. I be, will be with you, which was number fourteen. So you know my my mistake. It was my favourite. Oh well, just as well I gave you it then. That was my favourite. I'm shocked. I really liked that one. It, there's something about it it just speaks to me really enjoyed it this i thought was soulful now i'm thinking maybe it's not soulful because there's no soul in there but no i really enjoyed it i've listened to it many times oh just shows you doesn't it that um sometimes it's not the song oh. that um it's not the first time it's happened with my yeah. favorite being out in no. the top 40 either and I just, I just want to say something. I've just checked on what I sent over to you, and it wasn't me that smucked up this time. It's actually um, the younger one, the technophobe of the two of us, who has obviously just missed it out, didn't want to listen to it. So that's fine. But I will be with you. was certainly given to you to listen to. So um, I'll let you apologise for not listening. Um, I have listened to it. It's oh. on the spot by playlist. I've just not written it down. Oh, there you go. Obviously, wasn't that great? You didn't remember. Can't remember it. <laughs> so there we go. You even listened to it. There yeah, we did. go. Oh, oh well. <laughs> we will move on. Yeah, you've obviously listened to it. It didn't really <laughs> resonate with you. It got to number fourteen. We will move on. However, it's good to know you liked "Road to Our Dream," which didn't actually even chart in the top 40 <laughs> so, you know we'll move on to 1989 only the lonely number 28 this has got strong vocals the thing that ruins it for me and i say it often guitar solo mm. Mm, let down you don't like a guitar solo i do not like a guitar solo 
Okay, and then lastly, just before they broke up, obviously they've reformed again, but not really as the same group, or not same as it's the same group as Interpal, but it's different members. Um, apart from Carol Decker, the singer. Um, right. 1991, Whenever You Need Me, number 16. That one was just passionate that and like meaningful and her vocals just stand out to me. She's got an amazing voice. Yeah. Oh, I, I would agree. Um, as I said earlier, you know, it's, it is easy listening. She's, you know, um, I suppose, I don't know if I'd be giving a disservice to the person I'm going to say she's the British version of, but I suppose Belinda Carlisle. Um, obviously, you haven't listened to Belinda Carlisle, but I'd probably say that Carol Decker is the UK's version of Belinda Carlisle. But I don't know, because Belinda Carlisle was good. Um, so it's hard to, okay. to say. Hard but, to compare. But yeah, yeah. But um, if you had to compare. I, I always, whenever I think of Belinda Carlisle, I don't know why I think of Carol Decker. And then I rack my brains trying to remember what group was it Carol Decker was in. And then I eventually remember, oh, yeah, it's to Powell. Um, I always think about Carol Decker before I do Tapal. So, yeah. Okay. So, moving on then swiftly to All About Eve. Yes. So, I don't know if these are a duo. Um, they're quite a slow group with the songs. Uh, quite like I had quite a lot of their songs, and they're kind of the same but different. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a good change in tone throughout the songs though so they're talented with what they can do lyrically and vocally nice smooth voice i feel like we've got some strong vocals this week they're very young they mostly do live performances so it's quite hard to tell you about any videos that stood out to me and i've gone for pop rock so you've gone pop rock for these when you should have gone pop rock for to yeah, but these okay. are more rock. Okay, well, They're let's find dark. out. So, all about Eve are Julianne Reagan on vocals, Regan, Tim Bracino, guitar. Listen out for that name, Tim Bracino. Okay. Andy Cousin on bass and Mark Price on drums. They were formed in 1984. And all it says is England. I don't know where they're from. And it oh, said okay. that uh, one was, uh, I can't remember even where they were, where it's individually. Um, I think they were up north, like Yorkshire way, but they just had their individual. Um, where they're all from, not where, where they're, 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 they're Yeah, together. exactly, where they're from, rather than where the group, obviously, where they all got together, whether they met in yeah. university or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, it didn't actually, I couldn't find where they actually um met up and actually you know sat in that pub sat in that bed sit or whatever and actually said we're gonna make a band and and obviously it formed um mm. so no I, I couldn't find where where they're for so other than um the actual people themselves which was um oh who was it I can't even find that now either, where they um where it said they were from. Um but yeah, all all um when I was looking looking up was it was telling me where the actual people so yeah um hey, Covent Coventry born Julianne Reagan, Huddersfield born Tim 
Bocino. So I don't know. No. I mean, there's a there's a lot of countryside between Coventry and Huddersfield. Yeah, so it could be any, as I say, so it could be anywhere. So um, yeah, right. I, I don't know where where they're from. Um, and it just said England. So maybe they just sat in a field and decided. And <laughs> it was, you know, I don't know. Anyway, they were the members. They were formed in 1984. Um, they are alternative rock. Dream pop. I think we have had dream pop before. We have. Sure. Yeah. Yep, we have. And then they're also, so as far as the alternative rock goes, they're classed as goth rock or folk rock. Not okay. Pop rock. Oh, I thought these sounded a bit poppy in some but way. It's a bit weird because you've got alternative rock and then it's got those two subgenres underneath of goth rock mm. and folk rock. But we've also got dream pop. So yeah. the pop and the rock is there. So you're right in thinking they're rock pop or pop rock, whichever way one way mm. you do it. But yeah, they didn't actually wasn't and actually classed rock. that unlike to pow. So there we go. Yeah. Um so they were originally known as the swarm. Ooh. So, yeah, the original lineup consisted of Reagan, Pacino, plus Manuela Zwingman, Zwingman, Z-W-I-N-G-M-A-N, on drums, and Gus Ferguson on bass. Uh, Zwingman and Ferguson left in 1985 after the band released the independent single D for Desire. Um, Pacino then suggested... Cousins as a replacement for Ferguson on bass, and so as a three-piece um, mm. and a drum machine, they released In the Clouds in 1986 and Flowers in Our Hair in 1987. So they had an actual drum machine instead of a drummer oh. um, for those two songs. Both singles, D for Desire and In the Clouds, were compared to the goth music sound of the Cocteau Twins and Susie and the Banshees. Oh, okay. So that's where the goth rock yeah. comes from. Uh, so the name All About Eve comes from the 1950 film of the same name, which starred Betty Davis. I've never heard of a film called All About Eve. Well, no, nor have I, but I wasn't around in 1950, so you definitely wouldn't have been. I know <laughs> Betty Davis, but not or heard of I her. Don't know. But, I've um, never heard of her that. either. But that's where the name come from. But I don't know where they changed the name yeah, from like the song to All About Eve or, what you know, what. So, yeah. When the band signed with record label um, Phonogram, they bought in a drummer, Mark Price. So they already had a drummer. He left, swinger man. Yeah. They then had a drum machine. Yeah. Obviously, you know, on an independent label, as I said, released two more songs, singles, since the other two had left. And then when they signed up to a record label, they also bought in a drummer. Right. So the band made headlines, and I do remember this, and I have seen it. And it's often on um, like a Channel 5 embarrassing pop moments or something like, you know, something like that. Oh, yeah, like the countdown type shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the band made headlines for all the wrong reasons in 1988 when they performed a dubbed version of Martha's Harbour on BBC's Top of the Pops. But... 
Remind me, what's a dubbed version? Uh, miming, so it's right, playing yeah. and you'll... Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, but I weren't sure. Which a lot of people did for Top of the Pops, and that's why a lot of people didn't agree yeah. with Top of the Pops. Um, but owing to a studio technical error, the taped vocals were broadcast without the band being able to hear them. Oh. So, resulting in the TV audience listening to the music, but seeing the band members just motionless waiting to hear it in their earpiece. Good job. Wait, Top of the Pops was never live. I mean, I've seen it. I don't remember it at the time, but I have seen it since. Literally, Julian Reagan is there. With um, Tim Bruceno on, on or I'm guessing it's Tim Bruceno, it's a guitarist. They're both sitting there waiting. The music's already playing. We can hear it. But they're just sitting there waiting. And they actually start to go, we can't hear any. We, we can't hear anything. And obviously people are saying, just go, just go. And oh, yeah, oh, it was, yeah, as I say. But, uh, they're in the same studio. So how couldn't they hear it, but the audience could? Uh, because like they, their, their headphones weren't obviously working or weren't right. connected, whatever. As I say, it's a technical yeah. issue. BBC's fault, but it look, made the BBC look stupid because obviously now people realise that they are miming. Yeah. Um, if, I mean, I'm sure people did know already, or at least certain, uh, you know. But now we're seeing it in yeah. front of us because the song's playing and they're clearly not singing. He's clearly not playing was, his guitar. Was it live? Yes, well, they were in the studio live as far as so. Yeah, it's obviously live. Yeah, that's a good question because I I thought Top of the Pops was recorded, but if I'm it was recorded, thinking. they'd have just redone it. But so yeah. no, it's obviously live because they're sitting there and the music is playing, but they're unaware. Um, so yeah, so obviously it didn't help them at the time. No, and it certainly didn't help the BBC. Definitely not. However, um, in a way of compensation, the band were invited back on the show to perform the song the following week. Now, bear in mind, obviously, you have to be in a top 40. So I'm guessing that the performance didn't help them and maybe their single, but whatever. Or I don't know how the single done, but obviously they've been invited back as compensation, whether their single was in the top 40 or not. Yeah. So... um, this time, however, they sang live. Well, that's good. And everything went smoothly. And the resulting publicity helped the single climb the charts. Ah. Of which, obviously, you'll find out where it got to later. So it's good that they went back on. So, yeah. So in 1990... Tim Bocceno left to join Sisters of Mercy. Oh, okay, yep. And in 1993, three years later, the band disbanded, although in 1999, Cousins and Reagan reformed the band with a new lineup, much the same as Carol Decker did with Tapau. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm not sure if they're still together or whatever. I've never, ever seen them. Um, oh. That I can remember a rewind or a let's rock 
or anything like that. Um, I've never seen, not that I was a big All About E fan, to be honest. All I remember is them from that Top of the Pops thing. Yeah. They certainly didn't come onto my radar in the 80s that I can remember. Yeah. So, yeah, so they had three top 30 singles Ooh, and okay. three top 20 albums. So 1988, All About Eve got to number seven in the album chart 1989 scarlet and other stories got to number nine in the album chart and 1991 touched by jesus got to number 17 very odd names yes so on to their singles yes so 1987 in the clouds which obviously was um with a drum machine um, on an independent label and was probably their first, not big hit, because it wasn't a big hit, as you'll find out, but obviously it was their first top 100 charting single. Um, it got to number 47, so just outside of the top 40. That one weren't the best. It was repetitive and quite instrumental. Uh-huh. So that instrumental probably was the drum. They probably was enjoying listening to the drum mm. machine quite a bit too much. And <laughs> Maybe. Used it, so I don't know. <laughs> um, 1980. Yeah. 1988. Wild Hearted Women. Woman. Number 33. Oh, slowly getting up there. This was fast paced, nice and upbeat. Definite change from In the Clouds. Sticking with 1988. Every Angel, number 30. Okay, this has got a nice catchy chorus. Again, it's upbeat. You know, this is why I thought they had a pop, bit of pop in there, because that upbeatness, it weren't like rocky. Okay, so that was one of the first top 30s. Yeah. As we come to 1988, Martha's Harbour, who I've just told you about from Top of the Pops. Uh -huh. yeah. um, and now, obviously, it did do well, because it got to number 10. Oh, wow, okay. Well, that one was slow and simple. There weren't much to it. It it was just it was a it was a song a song that you could just listen to. Uh -huh. Nineteen eighty eight. What kind of fool? Number twenty nine. So just inside the top thirty. That is your three top thirties. So all in nineteen eighty eight. Wow. Okay. Well, this one just had a good beat. Nothing really stood out to me. Okay. Nineteen eighty nine. Road to Your Soul, number 37. Okay, good vocals. This one then changed and I was like, okay, we got rock. This was the most rock so far. The others were a bit more poppy to me, although now, I'm, now I know the genre, they're obviously not, but that's where I got my pop rock from. 1989, December, number 34. I really enjoyed the chorus in this one. Had a nice, it, it was a good build up. You know what I always say when like the song's the same throughout? It, uh -huh. This had a nice build up to the chorus, and the chorus was good. It, it, was, uh -huh. it was a solid chorus. Okay. 1990, we're going into now Scarlet, number 34, also. Okay. It was slow, but it really pointed out the vocals you know how strong they were so I, I enjoyed that 1991 farewell mr sorrow number 36 okay this is upbeat shows a good range of what they can do 
and it was my favourite of mm. replayed this one. 1991, The Dreamer, number 41. There's not much to this one. It's it's just soft. It could be an in-the-background song. And in 1992, Phased, which was from an EP, but this was the best single from it, or at least from what I could work out. Um, and that got to number 38. But as I say, it was on an EP, so there's probably three or four singles okay. on that. On yeah. that. The only way I can explain this one is a bit gothic. And it's funny because you've mentioned that they're gothic rock, but that's the only yes. way I can explain this one. Uh, so maybe I should have written gothic rock. Yeah. But I don't think of those subgenres. <laughs> okay. Moving on then to Hue and Cry. Mm -hmm. I've gone with plain pop for this one. They don't overcomplicate their music. Good harmonies. These were a memorable group. Their songs stayed with me and I had a few in my head. They're a bit like a comfort group. I guess how you explain to Pal. They're just enjoyable. This is what I think of Hue and Cry. Um, they're a duo, I think. Not much from... I mean, I only had four songs of theirs. Didn't get much from the videos. They're just two well-dressed men. Okay. So, Hue and Cry are Pat Kane on vocals and Greg Kane on guitar. Ooh, so brothers? They were formed in 1983 in Coatbridge, Scotland. Mm. And they are Sophisti Pop, Blue-Eyed Soul. Ah, uh, forget about things like Blue-Eyed Soul. So, yeah. A bit like the Proclaimers then. Yes, yes, Scottish very much. Brothers, yeah? yeah? Yes, they are brothers again, like the Proclaimers. Like the Proclaimers. They were twins, yeah. but yeah. The funny that I'm just, just going off music here, but Coatbridge have got a football team called Albion Rovers. Because what happened is Coatbridge Albion and Coatbridge Rovers merged. They couldn't right. decide whether to take Albion or Rovers. So they took both and called themselves Albion Rovers. And a lot of people don't know where Albion Rovers is from because it doesn't have the name of the town that they're, they're based in, which is Coatbridge. Just a little side fact for you there. Is that where these are from, Dad? Yeah, I just said, I've already said that they're okay. from Coatbridge in Scotland. Because you, I was I waiting for the link and I was like, oh. okay, did he just say they're from now or is he just really trying to get football in here? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just explaining that where they're from, the town's the town. football team is called Albion Rovers, which is like two yeah. surfaces rather than, you know, and um, yeah. so there we go. Fun fact for everyone. Yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> um, well, Scottish, Scottish, um, Scottish, Scottish bands seem to go hand in hand with football. I mean, we've already said about Wet 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 sponsored their hometown's oh, yeah. kids. Yeah, so, yep. you know, so uh, just to uh, say, you know, that a lot, lot can be but said. But all around us. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. Their first single was Here Comes Everybody, uh, released on an independent label. How many times have I said that today? Stampede, which was based in Glasgow. Okay. Uh, it was released in 1986, and although not a hit, it did attract the interest of Virgin Records. Uh, their subsidiary 
sub subsidiary label Circa, who promptly signed the duo. Um, so the brothers' debut single under their new label was I Refuse, which entered the top 100 in the UK at number 85. Ooh, so not great, but at least cool. they're in the top the top 100. However, success was to follow with their debut album Seduced and Abandoned, um, which spawned their biggest hit, Labour of Love. While second album, Remote, included the duo's other hits, Looking for Linda and Violently Your Words Hit Me. So success come quite quite quick, really, for them. So on their independent yeah. label, they got into the top 100, which doesn't seem a great deal, you know. I mean, in America it would be, but not over here. Mm. But on an independent label, that, that's good. And then yeah. they um, signed up for not a big label because um, it was a subsidiary of Virgin Records rather than Virgin Records themselves. But yeah, they still yeah. had then three hits off of two albums. Yeah. So, you know. No matter where it comes from, you've got it in there, haven't you? Yeah. So in the 1990s, the brothers embarked on a period of musical experiments. So their um, 1991 album, Stars Crash Down, embraced folk, country, Latin and jazz on the album. So I'm not sure if there's a bit too much going on there. Yeah. You know, you're listening to it on... In your car or when you're walking, as you're walking to road at work, as it would have been back then, you know, your cassette in your car, your cassette in your Walkman. You'd probably, oh, actually, CDs are probably out by now, but I don't think they're quite popular just yet. Um, And one minute you're listening to what's a folk kind of music, and then you've got a bit of country on the next couple, you know, two, two, three songs in. Then another five songs in, you've got Latin. Um, you know, and then, and then right at the end, you've got jazz. jazz, you know, yeah. so I don't you wouldn't know. be able to I get in a how it, with it, would uh, you? I mean, or, or are they saying they put them all on, all in one single, all in each single? Because, yeah, like uh, they all overlap, uh, but then that would be I don't a know how it worked, noise, wouldn't it? So, yeah, um, and then 1992's Truth and Love album was released on the brothers' own short lived Fidelity label. So oh, okay. um, it'd obviously been dropped by this time, probably because of their experimental and the record label yeah, thought, I don't want to do this. So They might know. took it a bit too far. Um, so, yeah. So in 1993, Labour of Love was really released and it reached number 25. Nice. And then in 1994, the brothers collaborated with the jazz. So obviously like their jazz. Oh, they like a bit of jazz. Composer Richard Niles on their album Showtime, and the single Just Say You Love Me, however, the single flopped, um, just entering the UK charts inside the top 100 at 99. So again, experimenting, and obviously their fans, that isn't the reason they were following them. If they were jazz fans, they'd have followed a jazz band. They weren't. They were... Fisty pop as it was when, with as far as looking for Linda, Labour of Love, and that, and maybe changing it doesn't always help. No, so we've seen it work well for Spandau Ballet early on when they went from electro synth pop to soul. Oh, 
But I think you have to do it quite subtly as well. Like Spandau Ballet went from synth pop to more of like a soulful pop. So they didn't move yeah. from like one extreme to the other, whereas these no, are like no. a fisty pop, blue-eyed soul, to the other end of a jazz. Like yeah. they've not done the middle bit. So people haven't been able to get used to a different sound. They've just gone from one album to the next. Yeah. So although the duo are still performing, they haven't had a single in the UK's top 100 since Just So You Love Me at 99. However, they are still releasing albums and they had, believe oh. it or not, 14 studio albums released to date with the last pocket full of stones released in 2017 although none have charted since 1992 um when truth of love got to number 33 which if you remember was on their own fidelity album uh, fidelity label yeah yeah so that's mad that they're still going like yeah who are they who are they preaching to well, they just obviously love making that. music. And let's yeah, be honest, I suppose it's a bit like us talking about it. I don't know how many, yeah. you know, is anyone actually listening out there? You know, is it just me and you? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I suppose true, it's a I bit guess. like them, you know. Do what you enjoy. They, they do it. And exactly. They don't care if yeah. people buy it. Great. If they don't, we haven't, you know. They've they made the music kind of, and done what they like. So. Yeah. Um, yeah so they've true. had four top 30 singles. Two okay. top ten albums. So their albums were in 1988, Remote Stroke. So it's like a double album from what I could see. But I know they also released Remote on its own. So whether it didn't go that well, and then they re-released it as a double album with Bittersweet, which was a live album, um, and that got to number 10 in the album chart. Okay. And in 1991, Stars Crashed Down, um, which um was the one that, funny enough, was this experimental album, um, and that got to number 10 as well. Hey, that's a bit weird that then the experimental album got to number 10. Yeah, but it all went downhill after that. Yeah. So was it their fans bought it, not that knowing that it was completely different music? Yeah. And obviously, yeah. The, it, it, yes, the album did well, but the, maybe the... Um, the reviews weren't as well because obviously they then got dropped by their record label. Yeah. And obviously the next album, as we know, come out on their own Fidelity album. Um, yeah. And obviously they not had anything as much of a success as they did from those early two albums early on. So, Maybe if they didn't experiment so much. So, yeah. You'd never know. So um, moving on to their where their singles come. They only had four. So, yep. as you can see, they weren't a um, a popular mainstream band, really. Yeah. So, 1987, Labour of Love, number six. That's good. That was my favourite. I oh, wow. think I recognised it a bit, but I don't know, if, again, whether it was just because I listened to it quite a lot but then if you say it's their biggest hit maybe it has been around don't know um nice and upbeat really catchy chorus like it's just an all-round good one listen to it many times 
Okay. And as I've already said, it was re-released in 1993 and got to number 25. Yeah. Uh, 1988, Ordinary Angel, number 42, just outside. Ooh. It's quite a repetitive one with the lyrics, but it's also quite catchy. It's not bad. Okay. Probably my favourite there is, although I, I do like Label of Love as well, is 1989's Looking for Linda. And that got to number 15. So this is the one that you, this is your favourite? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. It tells a story. I like the lyrics in this one a lot. And again, it's a bit repetitive, but they're, they're upbeat. These are good. These are nice to listen to. Then we've got 1989 again, Violently, um, which is an EP. However, again, um, it seems to be the, the main single of the EP. Um, and it got to number 21. Oh, okay. They sing violently weird. It's violently in the song. And when I first listened to it, I was like, eh? And it's just stuck stuck with me that they say violently. And I don't think I'll ever say violently properly again. Um, it's a really good chorus. I quite enjoyed it. And it's memorable because of how they sing violently. Violently. Okay. So... We're halfway through. We are. And we've still got a number one. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, no. Don't be from Sisters of Mercy. Um, so we're oh, going to talk yeah. Sisters of Mercy now. And I'm guessing you really loved Sisters of Mercy. Yeah. Right up my street. These are, aren't they? The blooming genre of rock. There's not much I can say about them. It's just rock. They're like a long song. Like, there was a lot of extended versions. And I'm like, why have we got an extended version? But it was to me, it was like when I was watching the videos. I was like, no, I just want to hear the song again. Like, I don't want to watch your extended version video. So I can't tell you really what the videos were like because I skipped a lot of their extended version ones. So just go to like the, like, just the, the song. And so sometimes that would just be an album cover. But I was not sitting there for eight minutes to watch a video. Um, the videos that I did watch, you don't really see much of them. They're, they're very, very dark videos, like the lighting, I mean. Um, and as I went through, I mean, I didn't have that many songs. I had seven, but they became heavier rock as the songs went on. So just bear that in mind. When I go through the next bit and just remind you of something. Mm. So Sisters of Mercy were and oh yeah, so also you go and rock, yeah. Sisters yeah, of yeah, Mercy yeah. were Andrew Eldritch on vocals, keyboards and guitar. Patricia Morrison on bass between eighty seven and eighty nine. Then Tony Jones on bass, Andreas Brun on guitar, and Tim Bracino on guitar from nineteen ninety. Right. Okay. So they were formed in 1980 in Leeds, and they are Gothic Rock New Wave. Okay. Now, you got to go back now to All About Eve. Because Is All About God. Eve and Sisters of Mercy at totally different ends of the music spectra? Sisters of Mercy is a bit darker, but I did find All About Eve a bit dark. 
which they're both gothic. We've said that. Yeah, but I but think is is when you think of Sisters of Mercy are very rocky. Uh huh. All about Eve certainly wasn't rock in that sense, were they? I mean, they were classed Ooh. as well. They were alternative Isn't rock. That, yeah, so I suppose uh, actually they were rock. goth rock, which is the same. Yeah. So no, mm. I just. I suppose I'm thinking of Martha's Harbour and that video of that when they're melody. not singing. That is not rock, that song. That no, totally that was not. But that's um, why I said pop rock yeah, yeah. her songs weren't rocky. They no. got rocky as it went on, whereas yeah. Sisters of Mercy were rock from the beginning but got heavier rock as it went on. Well, what you so, get, and that's what I'm trying to say, is remember Timber Chano wasn't with them at the beginning. He joined from 1990. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a. So yeah. So um, they were formed in 1980. The original lineup of Andrew Eldritch on vocals, keyboards, guitar, Gary Marks on guitar, Craig Adams on bass, and Wayne Hussey on guitar actually disbanded in 1985, with no real success on their uh, as their highest chart position was in 1984. When their single "Walk Away" reached number forty-five, so it was you know modest. It wasn't in the top forty, but it was in the top one hundred. Um, then in nineteen eighty-seven, so two years later, Andrew Eldritch, along with Patricia Morrison on bass, reformed the band and gained chart success immediately with the single "This Corrosion." In nineteen eighty-nine, Patricia left. And Andreas Brune joined on guitar. Then in late 1989, Tony James joined on bass. And a year later, Tim Buccino joined after leaving the band All About Eve. By 1991, Tony James had left. And in 1993, Tim Buccino had left, with Adam Pearson replacing Buccino on guitar. Brune then left in late 1993. Um, leaving just Eldritch and Pearson. And obviously Eldritch is the only original member from the very beginning of the formation in 1980. So they've mm. gone through quite a lot of changes in that time and, you know, different people. Um, now, still their biggest success is, funny enough, the, corr the corrosion, which was with just um, Eldritch and Patricia Morrison. So just a duo. That's still their biggest success. Pearson eventually left in 2006. Right. And Eldritch, believe it or not, is still in the band, but with new members, but have had no chart success since 1993 and no studio album release since 1990. Oh, although. Wow. They have released compilation albums in that time in 1992, 1993 and 2021. But no actual studio album. So it's had a big it's a bit like the only falls and horses sketch when he goes, I've had this broom for however many years. I've had five new handles and 14 new heads, you know, well, it's not the same. It's not the same broom, is it? Well, it's a bit like this band, although the lead, the, the, the lead singer, Andrew Eldridge, who formed the band, is still with them. It's like he just doesn't want to let go. 
you know yeah even though everyone else has gone and been replaced and even they've gone and been replaced and even they've gone and been replaced yeah. in a sense he's still still there trying to find the right fit or whatever but as i say their biggest hit was with a, a as a duo yeah so you know so yeah so there isn't even much i can talk about other than the group of the group of changing members um yeah i mean we get that a lot but we do get changing members a lot but that yeah. was quite a lot in a kind of short space of time as well yeah and there's no real you know when you think of a, of a rock band normally there's been scandal or there's nothing i can't mm. find anything on them oh, so okay. the, the, the biggest thing was tim Buccino joining them from all about eve but yeah, so they've had four top 20 singles and they've had three top 20 albums. That was right. 1985's First, Last and Always at number 14, 1987 Floodland at number nine and 1990's Vision Thing at number 11. So oh. regarding their hits or their singles... 1987, The Corrosion, which, as I say, was um, the, the vocalist and Patricia Morrison on bass. That got to number seven. Okay. That's quite a high one. There's not much body to it. Quite instrumental. Okay. 1988, Dominion, um, which was still the same lineup, just a duo, got to number 13. Okay. Music takes over any vocals that are there. So you don't really hear much. It's just the sound, really. Okay. Sticking with 1988, and still we're a duo. Um, we got Lucretia, My Reflection, and that got to number 20. This is a lot. This is, a, this is very rock. Too much rock for my liking. They're not singing. It's not up my street at all. 1990 so we now got a different lineup um tim Bacino's obviously joined now um yep. and patricia morrison's left as well and she'd been replaced with uh i can't remember andreas brune wasn't it no he'd already left oh uh, yeah andreas brune no andreas brune joined so right. patricia had left andreas brune come in and then also tim Bacino. um so yes 1990 more Got to number 14. Hey, this is a long song in its own about the extended version, and the voice is quite creepy, very deep. Not a fan of the vocals in that one at all. 1990 still, Dr. Jeep, number 37. Okay, this is another one like um, Dominion. The music's too much compared to the vocals it's very heavy it's heavier than dominion for the instrumental okay so now we've got a different lineup again because we're in 1992 <laughs> um so um no yeah tony james has left um no tony james had joined or oh, even i'm getting muddled up now i tell you <laughs> uh, so so Tony James has has now left. Yeah, he left in 1993. No, so no, no, we're still with the same lineup because this is 1992. Oh, okay. So Temple of Love, and this was their biggest hit. 
Oh, all right. So they've now hit a formula. They've brought the bloke in from All About E. They've brought Andreas Brun in. They've brought Tony James in. They've hit it. Where did it come? Oh, no. Well, if it was their biggest hit, it's got to be above seven. Six. Six. So, was it in the top five? Yes, it was. Okay. Was it in the top three? Yes, it was. Still got a number one to come, haven't we? It's not a number. What, what one. did you think of Temple of Love? It's not. It's instrumental. It's dark and it's creepy. So you'd be surprised if it was number one. I'd cry. Okay. Nineteen ninety-two. Temple of Love. Four Sisters of Mercy. Their biggest hit. Number three. Thank God for that. I hate when you build up like that. <sighs> yeah, that I weren't a fan. They had better ones than that, considering that was their number three. Yeah. Um, and then 1993, Under the Gun, number 19. Okay, Under the Gun was my favourite, and it was hard to pick a favourite from these. Um, but this was the most dialed down. It's a bit more of a slow song. It's got a bit more to it. And again, I've written the word gothic. So maybe I should start channeling that into my genres. <laughs> you should. Okay. So we've got two bands left. And we've still got a number one. You weren't expecting this now, were you? I wanted to hey. be the firm to have the number one. These were great. So we're going on to the firm now. So off you go. Yeah, these were just... Uh, are these a bit of a joke? These have got to be a joke group, surely. There's, just, there's no way these were taken seriously. Um, but I don't know a genre. They're a bit of everything. They're a, a legit bit of everything. They've got a bit of hip-hop, a bit of rap, a bit of fun, a bit of R&B. Like, I don't know. They've just got a bit of everything. They're a joke. They're a joke group, okay? I couldn't tell you who was in the band either. Um, their songs are memorable. Let's give them that. And the reason I can't tell you who's in the band is because there's two songs, Superhero and Star Trek in. They liked to use, it weren't animation. I want to say it's something it's a bit a... like, yeah. But they the Superheroes like was, I think. Yeah, I can't remember Star Trek in, but. They were aliens. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just, yeah, very odd videos. The songs are memorable, like I said. And this is the funny thing. During my week, I could only listen to Firm Biz in my car. Had to do all the rest on YouTube. They don't exist on Spotify, really, apart from Firm Biz. Right, so really? during my week, I was like, okay, right, this is what they're like. Don't know what the other songs are like. Then I'm doing, like, videos. I'm like, oh, my God, really? This is the rest? Um, yeah, they, they were... They've got to be a joke. These can't have been taken seriously. Like, that's all I kept thinking. Like, because I only heard Firm Biz, I obviously didn't have, like, an opinion on them from listening to the car. So it wasn't until I was doing the videos and I listened to the other four that I was like, well, these aren't... Th and it's not the same as Firm Biz either. Firm Biz is something completely different to the other four that I've got. So, yeah. So. Take take it away. <laughs> um, 
So you said, I hope it's the firm at number one. Hold on here. They're a joke band, you say, and they've only got one song on Spotify. So if, it was, just, if uh, you've got a number one, obviously it's going to be Firm Biz then, yeah? Because it's yeah. any other number one would have, if it had another number one anywhere else, surely you'd expect that to be on Spotify. I just can't see Yellow having so. one, but obviously it, it might be them. I just would rather it be the Firm okay. over Yellow. So which song are you going for number one? Arthur Daly. Arthur Daly. He's all right. Okay. He is, isn't he? The firm <laughs> were John O'Connor, Graham Lister, Tony Thorpe, Dev Douglas, and Gary Wilson. They were formed in 1982 in London. Ooh. And they were known as a novelty band. Well, there you Sim go. Pop. Ooh, all right. So, the novelty band was formed by session musician, guitarist, music producer, John O'Connor. John O'Connor was an acoustic guitarist who wrote Arthur Daly, Easel Wright, with fellow guitarist Graham Lister, based on the character from the TV series Minder. So, Arthur Daly was a fictitious, fictitious character in a tv series called minder which was you know quite a, a popular tv series at the time okay. um, uh, and then he brought in tony thorpe to do the lead vocals so right. they've done the music done you know done whatever with it and then brought in a a vocalist to then do the vocals yeah yeah okay, okay. uh the single was released on o'connor's own record label bark which was named after his own recording studio, Bark Studios, in Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton, sorry. Um, yeah. And it spent seven weeks in the top 40. Wow, see? So, could, could be, be up there. there. Could well be. Their follow-up single was Long Live the National in 1983, right. which was released in support of the Grand National Horse Race, which at the time had its future in doubt. And the song was used in the campaign to keep the race alive. Although the single did not chart, the Grand National was saved and is now stronger than ever. Now, obviously, I did get you to listen to the to the National. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that? Because obviously it hasn't charted, so we won't discuss it later. But what did you think of it? It's catchy. Uh -huh. I just put it seems like a joke song. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose it was a campaign song, which yeah, could be seen as a joke song. But so uh, the following yeah. year, 1984, they released Superheroes. Yeah. Again, they had no chart success. So we won't be discussing it later, but you listened to it. What did you think of Superheroes? That's your favourite. It's really funny. <laughs> we didn't chart. The, the lyrics, the lyrics are really funny. And I like the video. It was my favourite. I was just like, okay, this wow. is it. I like it. <laughs> well, it's funny because it was only me doing the writing on them that I found out about this song 
yeah that i then watched the video myself and then i put <laughs> added it on with the grand national one for you to then listen to so the fact that it's now your favorite is quite unbelievable so that's two songs i've added on and you liked them both or no the other one was outside the top 40 that i added in and now this one which wasn't even a chart here but i actually did watch the video myself and thought this she's got to watch this and then you actually like the song as well i do it's funny well okay it was great I think by the time I listened to superheroes, I've probably gone insane as well. <laughs> so then 1987, Star Trek in, um, was released, which was based on catchphrases from the Star Trek TV series. Now, bear in mind, we've already had Funny. Star Trek yeah. from um, T'Pau, who were oh. named after the yeah. Vulcan leader or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is a, a, a song that's based on the catchphrases from Star yeah. Trek TV series. It was set to a catchy, kiddie-like tune. Um, yeah. However, it was rejected by all the record labels that O'Connor approached. So O'Connor pressed 500 copies on his own Bark Music label. And um, went on to spend nine weeks in the UK top 40 and reached number three in Australia, as wow, well as gaining success expected. in Japan and Europe with worldwide sales in excess of one million copies. And yet wow. record labels had turned him down. If he didn't have his own studio, that song may never, ever have come to progression. That's How about mad. that? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So um he, he um probably made a lot of money from that song. As I say, one million copies. Um and it done very well in like Australasia. Yeah. So Australia, Japan, um, yeah, where obviously Australia wow. got number three. Um although it did receive substantial airplay on various radio stations in the US. It failed to chart in the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Okay. So, on the back of their success with Star Trek in, the firm then released an album. So, they haven't had an album up till now. They've just literally oh been releasing God, yeah. these songs. Um, the album was called Serious Fun. It included Star Trek in, Arthur Daly's, Easel Wright, Superheroes, um, and Cash in Hand, as well as eight new tracks. However, it didn't chart and the band oh, no. disbanded oh so they were short-lived yeah um they had three top 20 singles and one top 20 album which was a bit bit i couldn't work it out so it said that they'd released an album on the back of star trekking as if they hadn't had an album and obviously you know, Arthur Daly is all right, which they'd released as their first single back yeah. in whenever it was, I said, um, 1982, when they formed, that was on this album. However, in 1985, the album The Firm reached number 15. So I don't, I was a bit, bit miss, bit weird that they, mm. it spoke about that Serious Fun was their first album and obviously had all the songs on it. 
I think yeah. it was more like a maybe a compilation album rather than its first oh, album. Okay, and that the right. firm was the first album, and that, as I say, that did get to number 15. Okay, okay. Okay. So we already know that Long Live the National and Superheroes didn't chart. Okay. Superheroes, which was your favorite song? Yeah. Let's see how the other three songs did do. Because also, although I mentioned in their cash in hand, I couldn't even find anything on it. So that obviously didn't chart either. It was just on the album. So 1982, Arthur Daly, Ease All Right, from, based on the TV series Minder, in which Arthur Daly was a character in, that mm -hmm. got to number 14. Okay. So as I said, it spent so many weeks i can't remember now how many um seven weeks oh, in the top 40 yeah and it peaked at number 14 so yeah so uh, what did you okay. think it was fast-paced fun can't tell you what that what the words are but when i like when i was doing my notes obviously i hadn't heard this one at all before and i was like okay this isn't what i was expecting but they just were having fun Great. Okay. Moving on. 1987, Star Trekking. Got two. Number one. Yeah, see, I told you it'd be from these. You weren't expecting that song, though, were you? No, but this is a It Gets Me Tapping a Long song. This is probably my second favourite. Star Trekking across the universe. It is, it is, it's, it's catchy. It, it, yeah, it is. I remember when it come out. Um, yeah, it wasn't a song I went out and bought, but um, I, I do have. remember it. Yeah. It would have made you feel amazing. And then 10 years later. Oh. 1997, Firm Biz got to number 18. Okay. Well, this chain, they mixed it up a bit with this one. Bit of rapping in there. Still got the catchy vibes to it. Still upbeat, you know. Doesn't change too much from... I mean, none of their songs are similar. Let's let's put it out there. They're all a bit random. But yeah, Fern Biz just mixed it up a bit for the genre, I'd say. Okay. Moving on to Yellow. Now, yeah. before I go on, I just want okay. to let you know, of today's six artists... Yeah. I own three CDs. One you've already mentioned. To Pow, Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Hue and Cry, I own. And, believe it or not, Yellow. Oh, okay. Because I'm getting vibes of the fact that you wrote them off for a number one, that you don't really like them. So I just wanted to let you know, I do. Okay, I want to put these up your street. What did you think of Yellow? They definitely use programmed sounds. So I couldn't think of a genre, but thinking now, I remember what their songs sound like. Maybe a bit of synth is in there somewhere. I don't know. Um, don't know who's in the group. Can't really tell you. Uh, focuses on the music. They're making... Like, it's more instrumental than anything. There's not much in, on the vocals. Um, but whoever is singing in the video, that's who they focus on. 
I think there's probably more than one vocalist, maybe. Maybe they take it in turns, like a man and a woman. There's a woman. There's a woman. But the videos don't give me what give me much. So I can't really tell you how many I think's in there. Didn't have that many songs. Um, but yeah, these are a bit of. Uh, I don't really know what's going on. I don't know genre. I don't know who's in it. I don't know much to be honest. Okay. Don't to oh me. <laughs> yeah. Dun dun. Okay. Yellow are Dieter Mayer and Boris Blank. No lady. I swear I saw... Okay, I'm telling you I saw a lady in a video. They were formed in 1979 oh, in wow. Zurich, Switzerland. Okay, that's a new one. They are synth pop electronic techno pop yeah see didn't write that down but thinking back yep they were originally a trio however carlos peron left in 1983 um so the duo continued with their sound which is often seen as being unusual using music samples with a heavy reliance on rhythm maya is the vocalist and writes the lyrics to blank's music on keyboards right so what happened is blank and peron formed the band and then brought in millionaire mayor when they realized that they needed a singer I'm guessing the emphasis on him being a millionaire means they also needed his money to help them get on. 100%. (laughs) But actually, it just said millionaire for the singer. But um, I think there was more to it. Um, The name Yellow came about from Mayer yelling hello. And they then called themselves Yellow. Ah, so that explains why there's a W on the end. Yes. Their first uh, release was in 1979, and it was the single IT Splash. And their first album was Solid Pleasure, which featured the original short version of Bostitch, which was extended in 1981 to a hit dance single. I have to say I love a bit of Bostitch. I do like Bostitch. Um, okay. And the album was released in 1980. So in 1979, they formed. In 1980, they released an album. Again, right. I'm guessing Mayer's money may have helped. Just, just you know, just putting it out there. 100%. Um, Yellow's first ever music video was for Pinball Cha-Cha in 1981. So they are quite ahead of their time in making a video. Yeah. I wonder if they had a millionaire to help them do all that. Well, yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, And was included in a 1985 video exhibit in New York Museum of Modern Art. Because obviously it would have been one of the first videos, I would have said. Yeah. We're talking 1980. Yeah. So they wouldn't have. No one else would know, have been I, I mean, well, it was around that, that time the video started. I think I'm trying to think now that 
Boogle, uh, video killed the radio star, which is always seen as the first video. That must have been around 1979, 1980. Gary Newman and Cars. But yeah, Yellow yeah. would have been up there definitely um, with theirs as well. And obviously, why didn't I have having a uh, person with a lot of money behind them probably helped. But why didn't I have them early on? Did they not get the hits then? They didn't they... have any hits early on. Right. Um, you so got to remember, they well, they probably the did, but not in that because they're outside the uk so yeah oh yeah 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 so probably did but not here yeah Yeah. they weren't they weren't they obviously were outshone by craft work who were seen as the pioneers when yellow for some whatever reason i mean i like yellow in fact i probably prefer them over craft work even though i do like the model i actually like more of yellow songs than i do craft work so there we go um Perrin left to pursue a solo career, and funny enough, it was indirectly him leaving coincided with the band gaining success as their fourth studio album, Stella, went to number one in the Switzerland album charts, and it became the first ever album to top the Swiss album charts by a Swiss group. Oh. So Switzerland aren't really known for their music. I suppose it's a bit like Norway and Aha. You know, Norway always got Neil Poir yeah. in Eurovision. Um, and I suppose it's a bit the same as Switzerland. They're not known for their music, you know, other than the, you know, up in the mountains. <laughs> so um, to have Yellow come in and suddenly get a number one with a very probably at the time as well alienated music. If we're mm. honest, back then yeah. electronic um, was quite quite a big feat. Um, the album well, also, got, in, it? yeah, and the album also got inside the German top ten, gaining gold status. Okay. In 1986, Venom might have been around since what 1979. 1986, Yellow gained international attention when dun dun. Oh, yeah. Is that your favourite one by them, Bradley John? Well, I know it from this album. So uh, it was from the album Stella, and it was used in the hit film Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is okay. a brilliant 80s film uh, sure starring Matthew Broderick yeah. um, and Linda Gray, is it her name, from um, Dirty Dancing. Um, right. She was his sister in it. Um, the single um, become the only single to chart in the US, reaching number 51 in the Ooh. Billboard Hot 100, and also became the only top 50 hit in Australia, where it reached number nine. Ooh. So there you go. So, um, but it was all more on the back of it actually getting into the film or being used in the film. And from what I can remember, it was mainly at the end of the film in the credits. Oh, okay. Um, when the film's still playing, it's a weird, you yeah. need to watch it to understand it. But right. the film plays when the credits are on because it's quite funny what happens at the end. Um, so, as I say, you need to, you need to watch it. Uh, the film to understand it but um this 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 the uh the song was very much used in that to get that across 
Um, and as I say, yeah. yeah, it's it is funny. Need to watch it. Um, highly recommend it. Whether you like Yellow or not, the the film is brilliant. But you will I've like the, the you will like the song in the film because of how because right. of how, how it's it, used how it's uh, how it's used. Yes, right. Okay. Um, it is really good. I've made a um, note because I've heard of that film, but I've never watched it. I don't think you need to watch it. So. In 1988, the single The Race was from the album Flag. That became their only top 10 single in the UK. Because we completely overlooked Oh Yeah, which I don't understand why, but we did. And pretty much the same with Bostitch, although I will come to that a bit later. But um, yeah, for some reason, um, we uh, we didn't take to Oh Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Can't tell you why. We just didn't. Didn't enjoy it. And then there's no. you who's loving it. <laughs> I, I, I do. Um, it's probably what got me into Yellow. When I found Ooh. out who sang Oh Yeah, it was them. And then, as I say, Bostitch, I, I do love. Um, in 2005, a documentary on Yellow, um, Electric Pop Made in Switzerland, premiered in Zurich. So um, they've even had a film made after them. So they're, wow. they're absolutely loved and idolised in Switzerland, obviously where they come from. That's where they're from, yeah. So they had two top 40 singles in the UK. One top 40 album, which was 1991's, if anyone know, come on, they were been around since 1979, um, Baby, which got to number 37. Okay. So, their singles. High, so, 1983, I Love You, got to number 41. Okay. Music drains out the vocals. Uh, it's got a bit of a long intro. It's not for me. Okay. 1988. Uh, sorry. Um, 1987. The Rhythm Divine featuring Shirley Bassey, of all people. Gra oh, that's uh, so who that Goldfinger. is. Goldfinger. No, yeah. I, I, I watched your video. Yeah, from... That's why I thought there was more than one vocalist. Ah, ah of course, yes. That's where your woman vocalist yeah. is. It's Shirley Bassey. Yeah. Yes. I didn't realise that she didn't, didn't appear. Uh, but like I say, yeah. the videos didn't give me much. Ah. So I wouldn't have noticed that she didn't no, appear. No. Well, even though they had Shirley Bassey mm -hmm. on it, um, bearing in mind, obviously, she'd done Goldfinger by now for James Bond. Um, yeah. It only got to number 54. Okay. So out. It was slow and I put strong vocals. That's coming from her, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So then we have 1988, The Race. Now, bearing in mind, Oh Yeah was released in 1985. It never charted in the UK. So it did chart in the US. But it never charted in the UK. Now, what did okay. you think of Oh Yeah? You mean the race? No, no, no. I've missed out Oh Yeah, but I should have put them in. So 1988, the race was released. But be right. in between that, 
Well, actually, it was before the Rhythm Divine as well. In 1985, we had Ah, Oh Yeah, but it never charted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so Oh Yeah was deep voice, and it just had loads of sounds in it. Yeah, like do, do, chicka Yeah. There was just too much. Like, there was no singing. It's such a good song. Well, you you enjoy it. It's just because it's got all them ele- the electric, the ele- the electronic sounds. Yeah, but it's too synth. much. But that's that's what yellow are. They just yeah, put songs together like Bostitch. I know. It focuses on the music. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? We're talking about music. Yeah, but I like singing. Okay. <laughs> um, so then we come to 1988's The Race, number seven. Okay. Repetitive. They talk, not sing. So there's like lyrics in there, but they're not singing them. But it's got a nice upbeat beat to it. Okay. Um, 1988, Tied Up, number 60. Oh, this was my favourite. It's upbeat. And the music wasn't too much for me. It was uh, it it was it, it was good. The music was really nice. So that was my favorite. Well, it got to number nine in the US dance chart, believe it or not. Oh, okay. So there you go. Dance. So yeah. Uh, nineteen eighty nine, of course I'm lying, got to number twenty three. Hey, they're just talking, not singing. So, not a fan. Okay. That was their biggest hit in the UK. Oh, sorry. Their, in the UK, it was their biggest hit. Uh, okay. Sorry. Not their biggest hit, the race was. I mean, that song right. charted the best in the UK. Right. Yeah, yeah, with you. Yeah, with you. Um, 1989, Blazing Saddles, number 47. Okay, it was slow starting, and this is the only one where the video makes a difference. Like the video was telling a story, but the song weren't that great compared. Okay, um, that got to number thirty-three in the U.S. dance chart. Oh, another dance one. So, nineteen ninety-one, Rubber Band Man, number fifty-eight. Weird name for a song. It's also yeah. a very odd song. Deep singing and very repetitive. Yeah. Actually got to number nine in Switzerland. So, oh, as I say, they, yeah, they love they're them. They're from anyway. But they're yeah, from yeah, that's what I say. They, they love them in Switzerland. Um, so now we're coming to 1992. Now, Bostitch was originally released in 1981. As I already mentioned earlier, it was a hit. It was originally just a short version. Yeah. And then they made it a single in 1981. It um, was a big hit in America where it got to number 23 on the dance chart, but it charted nowhere else, nowhere else, not even in Switzerland. It didn't chart. Oh. They then re-released it in 1992 um, with The Race as a double A. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, it got to number 55. Okay. It was just very futuristic and it was like a lot of the program sounds again. I just think it was ahead of its time, but I love it. I really love that song. 
don't think you'd like yellow, but I guess yeah. uh, electronic sound is a bit of you. Yeah. Mm. And um, that that brings us to the end of um, yes, them. Yes, it does. So, um, yeah. So I think listening to you, we may have four hits, which I will take because at the beginning I'd have said three. But I honestly okay. think you've fallen in love with the novelty group called The Firm, and it's going to be four. But we will okay. see if I've got the other three right. Okay. As I hand right. over to you for the hit or miss, and we're starting with Tapau. So, Tapau were a hit. I enjoyed them. They were good. Good start to my week. All About Eve was a miss. Oh. Oh, yeah. okay. I I thought you'd think that they'd be a hit. It's like the the songs aren't that bad, but it's just not me. No, all. it's not me either. I'll be honest. I'm not a, a all about Eve. I only know really about all about Eve, and you need to watch it from the video of Martha's Harbour on top of the pots when they're miming. You really need to watch it. It's cringeworthy to watch. I've but yeah, so down. um. I just thought you were giving me positive vibes when we're talking about them. Um, and the fact that your favourite was Farewell, Mr. Sorrow at number 36, probably yeah. also. Um, so, so, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I still no, think then I'm got, getting three out. I still think I'm getting half. Um, okay. Hue and Cry. Were a hit. Yeah, like I, I said, they're like a comfort group. They're, they're, yeah. they're really good. I yeah. wish there was more of their songs. But now that you've explained that they did a lot of experimenting, I'm like, mm, might just stick to these four yeah. and not go too far and ruin yeah. it for me. Obviously, I know you absolutely loved Sister of Mercy. Oh, um, yeah, so, of know. course. Yeah. Complete miss. Complete. <laughs> Stop giving me rock. Okay. I can't stand it. Um, the firm. So it's a hit and a miss, and I am going to go. But hear me out. So I'm going to go with hit. But the reason it's a miss on there is because I can't take them seriously. I don't think I'd like go on my phone and just pop on a playlist of the firm. But I really did enjoy them. So if they're on, it will just make my day just that bit better. So I am going with a hit. But you can understand why it might be a miss only because yeah. of the songs. But they just make me happy. I just can't take them seriously. And I, I don't know. And I suppose that's what you got to remember. It, they obviously did the same. I mean, there was a lot of novelty groups around at that time. We had Jive Bunny, you know, and there was all that going on. Um, right. So they, they, they come out of the, you know, they've been around a while, we're not you know, just making music for fun. And yeah. for whatever reason, Star Trek can come out at the right time. Um, yeah. You know, I'm trying to think we had like, we must have had all the, everyone was doing these plasticine videos as well. We had Sledgehammer, we had Reap the Teeth. Um, so Star Trek in, and obviously because I suppose with Jive Bunny as well, it just come out at, the right, come out the right time. And just, yeah, yeah people well, just Well, I enjoyed it. it. Put, they are a hit with me. Like I enjoyed them, and if they come on, I'm not going to skip them. It will make it will probably make my day. And okay. then yellow was a miss, not me at all. I don't know how you can not like yellow. I don't know. I how knew you, you can. wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't, but that's why I said to at the beginning, 
I have got their own bomb. I know I but do you see them. now why it's a hit and miss week? It literally goes hit, miss, hit, miss, hit, miss. Oh, yeah, it does, yes. I didn't notice yeah. that. I was thinking of the just what you said about the, um, the firm. But yeah, you're right. Hit miss, yeah, hit miss. That's hit, also miss. why. So but yeah, while you were listening to it, I was like, you must have been like, oh, I love this, love this. Like, oh, Next one. Oh, what's he giving sake. me now to listen to? Oh, yeah, I love this. Love... And then, oh, what was he giving yeah. me to listen to? Then, it oh, was yeah, a very yeah. up and, and down then, with my So, yeah, very, very yeah. up and down. And then the firm comes along, and I'm like, great, let's just go insane <laughs> together. <sighs> so, okay. Are you ready for next week's? Yes, please. Coming your yeah. way. Um, it is a different week next week. I will let you know that now. Okay. So these are who you've got. And I'll okay. send the songs to you. You have got Cookie Crew. Okay, not heard of them. You have got Cold Cut. Nope. You've got Mars. Nope. You've got Inner City. Nope. You've got S Express. Nope. You've got D Mob. Nope. And you've got Salt and Pepper. Nope, not heard of any of those, so it's another blind okay. week. And you've got seven bands. I thought you were going on for a while then, you know. I was like, no. Because you no. haven't got many songs, really. Okay, all right. So, just to uh, quickly um, go through again who you've got. So you've got Cookie Crew, Cold Cut, Mars, or M-A-R-R-S. Okay. Inner City, S-Express, D-Mob. And salt and pepper. Okay. They are your groups for next week. Yeah. They are what you're going to listen to for the next week. Um, Any rock? I'm not telling you that, am I? You will listen and report back next week if you heard any rock. Fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. On that note. I will say enjoy your rock next week and um, we will speak and find out how you found it. Yeah. Don't you can do better than up. that. Don't wind me up. But I will listen and I will let you know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Right. Bye, Dad. See you. <laughs>